0: Right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Laura Canfield Show, the Awakened Happiness Now Global Series. Thank you so much for being here with us today. My good friend Denise Mange is back with us. I'm so excited. (laughs) We always have so much to talk about, um, especially with regards to pets. And so today we're talking about unleashing courage, collaboration and and intuition through pets. And so some of what we're going to discuss today on the show with Denise is about how or ways that our pets have been preparing us for this exact moment in time. We're going to talk about different techniques and ways our pets and animals in the wild have been helping us expand our intuition and why it's so important to create a lexicon with the universe, leverage portals, access higher realms, and establish our galactic connections at this time. And also, Denise will be offering many readings live on the call, so please do raise your hand or you can, of course, type your question in the chat as well. And for those of you who don't know Denise, she's been on our show many times. We love having her. Um, and so I'm so glad she's back with us. It's always an enlightening call. It's always high vibe. And it's always, I have, I have found that with Denise, she's always spot on with the readings that she does. So it's like, it's amazing. So so Denise is a pet expert, a pet intuitive and founder of Pet Prana. She is a certified dog trainer and pet intuitive, and after a decade of working at some of the most prestigious advertising agencies in New York City, Denise left Madison Avenue to work with pets and their humans, eventually creating her own mindful pet lifestyle brand, Pet Prana. And so combining traditional training techniques with energetic considerations of pet guardianship, Denise's work highlights how everyday interactions with our pets have the power to transform us, which is so true. Her proprietary process, Translating Beyond Behavior, provides a roadmap to how your pet's behavior can give you specific insight into the transformation that is ready to take place, including which habits, beliefs, and patterns to release so that you and your pet can vibe higher. Think of it as self-help for pet's sake. And so it is about vibing higher with our pets, with the assistance of our pets, with guidance from our pets, and just through play sometimes with our pets, right? So please join me in welcoming Denise back to the show. (laughs) So glad you're here, Denise.
1: Uh, it's so wonderful to be here. And you know, one thing that I'm always so happy about is that we're able to bring these conversations to our animal companions, right? We recognize that other intimate relationships or relationships with our, our, you know, spiritual guides are really powerful to help open up our intuition. But sometimes we discount the most powerful little and cutest guides that are right by our sides. And that's our animal companions. So thank you for including them in this conversation.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you all know how much I love my Neo. Um, you know, he is such a such a cute little boy and he's my baby. So of course, um, you know, when he was barking earlier and I didn't know what was going on, I had to go check. You know, I was like, I have to make sure that my baby's okay. And you know,
1: that's one of those things that our animal companions help us with, like what a beautiful boundary to set, right? What a beautiful display of putting yourself first, putting your animal companions first, regardless of what's going on or what obligations might be tugging at you. So, you know, that's something that I'm sure you had to come to, you had to work with loved ones in your life, your animal companions, but it's such a prime example of how our animal companions help us kind of be more empowered, be those benevolent leaders and stand up on their behalf.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Can, can, cause can you imagine if, you know, he was continuing to bark, continuing to bark, how could I focus? How could I be fully present here on the show? I couldn't, right. I would be like always looking up and listening to like what's going on. Right. So um, Mm -hmm. it is about boundaries, but it's also about, you know, respect, right. Respect and honoring. So if he's barking like crazy, there's something going on. Right. So he needs some, you know, he might need some assistance or something. Right. So, you know pets are like you know like i said he's my baby so of course if my baby's crying or barking or whatever i'm going to be worried and want to make sure everything is okay yeah. even though like you know of course he's perfectly safe cuz he's with my dad but still it's like oh my god like what's going on why is like why is he continuing to bark yeah. but um and so it's it's you know it's about it's a, it's it's a relationship right that we have with our pets they're they're not i mean let's be honest he's not a pet he's my baby
1: Right? Yeah. So he's he's
0: like my child, right? So it's like, you know, yeah, so and it's that, it's that type of relationship that I think is is um, so special. Yeah, and that's
1: what we'll kind of dive into and dig into a little deeper here today. And, you know, it's really worth noting because, Alara, you're coming from such an empowered position. You're saying, of course I would help my pet, of course I would do this. But I bet you many of us here on this call or joining us on the replay remember moments where they were on a work call on a Zoom and their pet started barking and they were like, Oh my God, what do I do? Oh my God, just stop barking, stop barking. They're starting to get anxious and frustrated and nervous because Mm -hmm. they're trying to appease people, please apologize. They don't know how people are going to react. And so our animal companions kind of react and start exacerbating their behavior as well. So, you know, I I think that, that it's worth mentioning where you are with such a beautiful end state to be uh, displayed for all of us and to remind us of that path because you know one thing we're going to be talking about today are the many ways that our animal companions help us open up to our intuition to more collaboration to more courage and one of the prime ways they do that is through these examples right they have to start somewhere and odds are it starts with those everyday interactions it starts with them helping us clear out our energetic clutters the way i like to kind of describe it and that starts with those belief systems, those limiting beliefs of who am I to interrupt the meeting and take a moment for myself to, you know, address my pet and their needs. Um, so, you know, a lot of ways that they help create space for us to open up to our intuition is through that traditional training. They help us kind of revisit those mindsets take charge in ways that maybe we didn't feel comfortable doing for ourselves, but we'll do for our baby or our loved one or our pet. Um, And then that translates into broader areas of our lives, right? Because if I've learned to kind of set boundaries on behalf of my pets, now I'm more empowered to set boundaries on behalf of myself. And if we don't have boundaries, if we don't have that instinct for self-preservation, if we don't have that loyalty and devotion to self and those that intimately matter. If we don't have those, those beautiful um, foundational aspects, we can't open up to our intuition. We have to take it step by step.
0: Well, you know, I I, w- I was off for like two weeks, three weeks. It feels like, like forever, it feels like forever. I had to take that time off, right. Because I was moving. I, I had this rosacea flare up that was like, oh my God, so itchy beyond belief and everything. So it's like, sometimes you have, you know, like, You have to do things for yourself. You have to prioritize you so that you can then, after, you know, whatever is going on, then you can, you know, be the greater, better version of you so that you can be fully present and be in service to your community, et cetera, right? Right. If I hadn't taken that time and continued to do shows, continue to do calls, you know, et cetera, I would have been wiped out. I would have been uh, frustrated. I would have been exhausted. I would have like so many different things, right? And so then I couldn't come back and be fully me and honoring myself and my community to say that we have to, you know, when push comes to shove, you're first, you come first, right? So it's like your health, your mental state, your emotional state comes first. And for me, it's always, I have to come first. Then my my, my husband, my kids, including the dog, right? and then everybody else. And if, if somebody doesn't understand that, then there's something going on, but... Um... <laughs> That's part of the respect and honoring, right? Right. Uh, Of ourselves. That's so beautiful. And that's a position, again, that's
1: so empowered. I know a lot of people feel like they want to put everyone else first because they're people pleasers. And, you know, if you have a pet and maybe you're dealing with separation anxiety, that tends to be one of those behaviors that mirrors and reflects exactly what we're talking about, right? Because different pet behaviors help kind of shed light on different energetic patterns, different beliefs that, you know, a lot of us as pet parents have. And so with separation anxiety, what I found is it really links to themes that have to do with the second chakra, which is finding that balance, that balance between my needs, other people's needs, that balance between my masculine, my feminine, that balance between learning to say no, but also being a team player. Um, So through those things, as we work through traditional pet behaviors, we can link back and it sheds light on what's going on in our lives more broadly yeah
0: beautiful so yes so now let's get started that was a little bit of you know stuff of what's going on right and because like you know we just moved here of course i'm going to be extra uh what conscious of making sure that Neo's okay you know i mean you know like does he know how to go outside, right? Like, does he know what to say to my mom and my dad if, when I'm not I'm not around if he wants to go outside or what if he's hungry or like he needs to know all these things as well because it's for him too. It's like a transition, right? So he it's a new place, it's a new space, it's new people, it's new new everything, right? So it's about you know taking into account his feelings and what he needs to know so that he can then you know, feel more comfortable and at ease and et cetera, right?
1: Absolutely. So when it comes to our animal companions, if we're in a time of transition, if we're moving or even all of us, we're in a transitionary, Um, Time on this planet. So, this conversation, which, you know, the impetus is about, you know, we're moving to a new space. This applies to everything going on because there's so much change, so much transition. So, in these moments of transition and kind of entering new chapters, new phases, new places, we always want to make sure their basic needs are met, right? So, we want to make sure that they know where the food dish is, they know where they can properly eliminate. We go back to basic training aspects. We practice the basic obedience commands, get really kind of intentional with those because they need that safety, security, and grounding. And then in these moments, they also have their emotional needs, right? There's this whole well, things are feeling shifty. Things are changing a little bit. This all feels new. Maybe there's a new energy of a new collective. The neighborhood feels new. Our neighbors have a different energy that kind of permeates into our space. So we need to help them by explaining what's going on. We need to give them extra attention, extra love without babying too much, because we also want to empower. And then we also, with the emotional needs of our pets, part of their emotional needs is being our rock, right? So we want to be careful that when the energy is in that transitionary phase, we're not over babying them. We also want to equally lean on them. We want to let them know, gosh, this feels overwhelming or gosh, I'm... I miss home or I miss where we were, or I miss the nineties where things were just (laughs) kind of chill. Um, You know, we want to have those moments where we lean on each other because that gets us to what their role is, which is also kind of the energetic connection we share with them is we all have a purpose here and our aspirations might be growing and growing up into our intuition, becoming more intuitive. Maybe even we, we trip and fall into some of, you know, hands-on healing practices and modalities because our pets. Require that. But our animal companions, just like us, also have spiritual aspirations. They're here to help us fulfill our own, to kind of be guides, to step into no, new roles of being our emotional support animals, of anchoring a new energy. So as we allow them these multi layered roles in our lives, they become more confident and we expand as well.
0: Beautiful. And that's the thing we don't always think about those roles that they're playing for us right the the, the energetic bonds the energetic relationships but they're also holding space for us as we are holding space for them aren't we absolutely.
1: And even beyond one thing that I love about our animal companions is they anchor in higher vibrations for us. So whereas maybe in our space and our bodies, we're not able to anchor in that high level of vibration, it's not, it's not an energetic match yet for us. Our animal companions can hold that within their energy, their aura, their bodies, so that our energy can calibrate to it until we're ready to kind of vibrate at that same level. And so beyond, you know teaching us to be good, benevolent leaders, teaching us to, you know, set those boundaries, teaching us to put ourselves first. You know, they help us open up to our intuition. And when we do now, they're like, great, let's travel to different realms together. Hey, let me teach you all about shape-shifting into new energy and being intentional about your shape-shifting and doing it situationally. When you need to call in energy of a lion, This is how you do it. Um, And eventually they hold a lot of the galactic energy for us. Um, So many cosmic cultures are beckoning us to connect with them right now. And one powerful way we're able to do it is through pets and animals in the wild. So our pets are always a step ahead, (laughs) you know, although they may feel really like fun and playful and there's that babyish aspect to it, they are always steps ahead guiding us along our path of evolution and transformation.
0: So one one of the things you mentioned you know when we were speaking was about you know where we are at this time right and this time is you know heavy right this is a pretty heavy time that we're going through right so how are our pets um helping us to integrate this time acclimate to this time be at ease at this time and also at the same time not get caught up in a lot of the heavy, dense energies and try and stay above it as we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. So there's
1: a lot of ways that they're supporting us. And part of it is that reminder to go back to basics in our relationships with them. Um, the, the reason why this whole topic came up is I did a reading with someone and they might even be on the call. I never quite remember like readings for me seem like a little bit of a hazy dream, um, but I did a reading with a, a pet parent and their pet and there, and what was coming through is the animal companion was resting a lot more and sleeping a lot more. And what that pet showed me was the same way we as humans talk about grid workers and people who are able to hold the latitude and longitude energetic lines around the earth, the animals were doing this. And this was in the thick of you know, the announcement of what was going on in the Middle East. I was like, oh my goodness, I forgot our animal companions do this for us. And it wasn't animals in the wild that they showed. It was animal companions as well. So our animal companions are these amazing little energetic networks that can help us um, hold space, hold the grid, hold a little bit more of that stability for all of us as we catch up, as we kind of go through our human emotions. So in a big way, that's how they support us. On the everyday level, our animal companions remind us to play. They get us off our feet and moving as we're doing walks or you know, chasing them down or dancing with them or playing with them or grabbing their food bowl. So flow and motion is really important to move stuck energy. Um, and then they also help us remember that they hold a wisdom that is that transcends humanity, right? In all the key points for us as humans, animal companions have kind of led us into the next step of evolution all the way back starting at the Garden of Eden and all those kind of creation stories of Paradise Lost. So our animal companions um, came through very strongly and reminded us, Don't forget about us and our magic and our wisdom, and you can borrow it. So Mm -hmm. that's why, you know, in this call, we'll be talking about pets, but also animals in the wild. Um, And the special package has a lot of energy to do with lion. Um, Lion came through as wanting to support us with collaboration and also courage. And if we think about that word courage, we know it emanates from the French core of core, which is heart. Mm -hmm. So um, the animals are basically coming together, helping us get back into our heart. Remember the strength each of us holds as we hold space for humanity, for the big shifts, the big energy going on. Um, and they remind us that they're, they're at our disposal. They're some of our most powerful guides.
0: And no, I've noticed, and we've commented here um, at home That Neo is sleeping a lot. Like he's sleeping a lot, way more than normal. You know, he's sleeping a lot. And I I thought I just thought, well, it's just he's getting used to the space, getting used to the place. It's it's a whole big new thing for him. But it is also perhaps more than that, like you, like you were saying, right? Yeah, all of it,
1: right? I mean, of course they have their their physical needs, their physiological needs. And when you're a new space, you get a lot of mental stimulation. So dogs have to rest in order to kind of acclimate to it. But absolutely when there's big energy, and I think so many pet parents here might even experience this, You know, when there's big energy like this, our animal companions pick up on it. When there's strife in the world, tumult, they pick up on this. And some of our animal companions are even so sensitive that, you know, every time there's a new moon or a full moon, they'll have accidents or they act out and you're like, oh, got it, it's the lunar phases. So our animal companions are a lot more tapped in and a lot more sensitive to the energy of the collective. And odds are we are too.
0: Um, We might just not kind of uh, put two and two together. Yeah, absolutely. We we don't always think about it that way. I I know I've I I don't. I just think of Neo as my little baby. That's that's all, that's it. <laughs> He's my little fur baby, and you know I I I don't. I, it's hard for me to think beyond that.
1: <laughs> and so, the important thing about that is that's a really powerful role that our animal companions play in these kind of transitional times. Because if I have someone that I can devote myself to and caretake and kind of be present for, now I feel like I have a semblance of control and you know, um, power within what's going on in our world. And, you know, we talked about, I kind of joked about like, oh, I wish we all could go back to the nineties where, you know, things were chill. We are in one of the coolest times of humanity. Like I swear with all the like craziness and intensity I wouldn't give up being alive in this phase of the world for anything, because not only are we all, especially as a spiritual community, we're more attuned, we're more liberated. We talk about these things more. You know, there isn't the hush hush. We have the Internet, which connects us all so we can have these big conversations just like we're having now. Um, but also, we are entering a really big step for humanity. Not only are we connected as global citizens here on Earth, you know, maybe our, our grandparents weren't as connected to, you know, the world as we are here today. Like today, if we we have Amazon, I mean, we wake up and we use products from all over the world. We go to, you know, we have sushi for lunch, we have pasta for dinner. Um, you know, we're just we have colleagues that work in India. Like we're just all over the place. We're so connected. And we've really mastered that energy of being connected globally. So now we're at the phase where we're being asked to become galactic citizens. And this is where the cosmic cultures are becoming more present, more apparent and more mainstream. And we're being asked to think beyond our earth. We're asking to think of ourselves now as part of a cosmic consciousness and our animal companions can help us tap into that and understand that a little more. Um, And they've kind of got us here because in order to become those galactic citizens, we had to reach a few milestones. One is we had to understand at mass energetic management. And that's where our animal companions help us understand our energy, how we affect energy around us and relationships, how to clear energy. They've really helped us with that. The second milestone we had to achieve in order to become galactic citizens is interspecies communication. And so through our animal companions, we've learned to communicate. You know, We have these really intense conversations and understandings with our animal companions or even animals in the wild. And it might take the form of animal communication or simple pet parenting, where you're picking up on their energy. So we've learned that communication doesn't need to be just with our species. It can be interspecies, whether it's animals, plants, rocks, whatever it may be. The third milestone that we've hit, and our animal companions have helped us with this, is we've achieved karmic maturity. And this is important because it says we've been through enough cycles and we have enough self-awareness that we're able to see the cycles and we're able to understand how our decisions and behavior affects the outcome. So we know if as humanity, if we step into X, you know, why is the result, you know, we're seeing that with this moment of, you know, are we, are we not going to be in another world war? This is for us to decide as humanity, what, what is the decision? What will the outcome be right? And our animal companions have helped us with this because they're always there leading the path. They're always there taking us to that next step and they help us be more introspective and understand, you know, how our actions have consequences. And then the fourth and final milestone that was needed was critical mass understanding of technology and advanced technology at that. So we have the internet, we have the cloud, we're able to communicate seamlessly and share ideas in a big way. And part of of another addition to that has been artificial intelligence, right? We're able now to have this technology, um, we're able to interact with something that is sentient, but is not a being, right? Doesn't have emotions, but there is a consciousness to it. And so part of the task here, as we interact with this big um, technology at mass at critical scale is, you know, how do we responsibly leverage it? So by achieving all these milestones, we are now ready as a planet, as humanity, you know, alongside our furry friends to now start opening up to broader existence, broader consciousness, broader reality, which is stepping into that galactic citizenship. And as we do, it's going to be important for us to kind of learn more about each of the cosmic cultures. You know, we might have heard a lot about the Palladians, about the Arcturians, about the Syrians, about the Cassiopeians. What we're doing now is we're getting an opportunity to get to know them a little more intimately and deeply, know their role in the universe, kind of how they vibrate um, and the differences between them, so that when we do step into this galactic citizenship, we're familiar with our fellow citizens.
0: Wow! Awesome, and and it's it's great that we can actually look forward to those times when we can have these types of relationships, right? And you know, having our um, our pets and the and animals in the wild leading the way, and also teaching us by example, right? Teach they're also teaching us how how they behave. Um, sometimes teaches us how perhaps we should be behaving, like modeling, right? And so part of, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about today was about the intuition, about the collaboration with our pets, whether they're in our homes, whether they've passed, whether they're in the wild, but how can we more easily work with them to increase our intuition to raise our vibration, to have that communication um, with them and with the, you know, the Galactics.
1: I love that.
0: So that's such a good question, because
1: what that was the whole reason for kind of going back to basics of connecting with animals. If we want to connect with Pleiadians, with Arcturians, with Syrians, we need to go back and really connect with our pets and the animals that are present in this world, because the beautiful part of that is energetic resonance Applies, right? If we want to connect into the energy of the Arcturians, then for us, the most helpful and familiar way to do that is by connecting in with the energy of horse or rooster, right? Because those are the same energetic fingerprints or footprints um, as the Arcturian energy. So as we open up to our intuition, as we dig deeper into animal symbolism, uh, the culture significance that we've held for each of the animals, we're actually getting to know a vibration that has echoes into the galactic expanse. So by opening up our intuition, collaborating with our pets, with animals in the wild, we're actually expanding our horizons in powerful and amazing ways.
0: Awesome. I love it. Um... So we have lots of people with their hands raised, just so you know, <laughs> and as well as questions in the chat. Do you wanna take some questions and then we'll continue having uh, our wonderful conversation at the same time? That would be great. That would be fantastic. Yeah, all right. So we're gonna start off with Linda. Linda, you wanna unmute yourself?
2: Yeah, yes. got it. Hi.
3: Hi. 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 Yeah. Hi, Denise, I have a question. Um, My daughter, has no um a different dog sorry i we have a a puppy at home and this puppy is barking like all the time and we want to know why why the little puppy is so
1: fearful Mm -hmm. bark 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 so linda so beautiful and what's the puppy's name does it have a name axel daxel axel a-x-e-l Axel Rose. I love it. Okay, talk about the 80s and the 90s. Um, So a couple things that Axel brings through. One is I love that his name is Axel because he's talking about the foundational aspects of communication. Mm-hmm. So what Axel is doing through the bark is inviting you to start interpreting what each bark means. You know, which is such a beautiful way because we started the conversation okay. talking yeah. about right. that with a lot. You know, what's his But place? I know
3: there might be other people you know that need that in the winter time as well.
1: Oops, sorry. So. It's oh, yeah.
3: she's got to Yeah, you. yeah. It just can't be broken. Because you guys are too long. Sure. I don't care if you tell outside. Sorry.
1: That's okay, that's okay. So um, part of it is understanding uh, what's the play bark? What's the defensive bark? What's the celebratory bark? All of the invitation that Axel is bringing you is understand the basis of communication. Because what Axel is saying is like, yes, some of it is defensive, but some of it is frustration like you guys listen to what I'm saying, interpret what I'm saying. You understand this at your core, um, translate the message. So through Axel's kind of vocalization, he's inviting you guys to understand your powers of communication and animal symbolism. And so if anyone in the house is feels like, okay, translating feels really intense, I need a point of reference, ask Axel or ask the universe or just kind of state and set the intention that as he barks, a visual will come into your mind about what it is that he needs. And it might be the visual of a panda. It might be the visual of a kangaroo. It might be the visual of a rooster. It might be a different kind of visual. And then you get to go deeper into that animal symbolism to understand and translate what it is he's trying to say. And for me, by the way, with animal communication, a lot of times they bring their messages through little snippets from films or movies or books. And that's how I quickly kind of understand the the gist of the situation. So ask that, you know, Axel as he's barking also brings in a secondary hint to help translate.
2: Okay, hopefully that helps, Linda.
0: You're muted by the way, still, (laughs) I wasn't sure. Well you have to unmute if you, you want to say anything. All right, I'm sure she's
2: fine. Okay. All right, we're going to go uh Layla
0: wrote a question in the chat. Lay- oh, and Layla I got her hand raised. Layla, you want to ask about the mosquitoes?
3: Yeah, sure. There's so many mosquitoes in my city and they've been here for the last few years and um it's unbearable to be outside we can't visit with each other or hang out and i'm just wondering what their message is
1: yeah oh my goodness i i can relate to that snakes and mosquitoes no thank you no interest (laughs) in those two animals um so the mosquitoes what's coming through is the um okay so let me see how they want me to say this so it's the us versus them energy that comes up with the mosquitoes, even though they're incredibly small, they have a huge impact about our decisions and how we wanna move forward with our day, right? We're not gonna say yes to an outdoor dinner, you know, engagement with our friends because mosquitoes, how about the mosquitoes, right? right? So part of this is taking action. I know we might not love chemicals, but actually you know, taking steps to protect ourselves is a really important message that translates beyond, right? We wanna make sure that when we're going out into public spaces, we are protecting and and putting energetic repellent on ourselves because especially in this day and age and what's going on in October, there's so much um, sticky emotions that can just get stuck onto us and really kind of drain our energy and knock us out. So the mosquitoes are reminding us of our ability to use and leverage repellents. And then the mosquitoes also are saying, this is life. Life is going to get uncomfortable and it's all about getting the tougher skin. So allowing a few bites and eventually your skin creates its own little energy where it kind of is able to repel or the poison doesn't um, affect you as much. So it is a little bit of like that inoculation energy of like, you got to get tougher skin because we're not going anywhere. Um, that's kind of an interesting parallel as it pertains to also other societal things that are going on. Some of the strife, some of the divides, some of kind of the lower vibrating things. It's not that as we ascend, it's just going to disappear, right? And we're going to be in Shangri-La or in this wonderful energy. We're just going to be able to more um, mindfully leverage the duality and understand the duality and see it from a different perspective in the role that it plays. So the message from the mosquitoes is really about the tough skin, creating tough skin, building up to that tough skin, and remembering that we can use a repellent in the meantime.
3: Okay, interesting. Thank you.
1: Yeah, not what I wanted to hear. If I'm being honest, I don't like mosquitoes either. I'm like, oh man, I was hoping it was like, well, I'll leave, don't worry about us. We won't bite you. They're like, no, I mean, we got to survive too.
0: (laughs) Thank you. you. Awesome, thank you, Leila. Um, I think Isabel, you have a question you wanna unmute? yes yes hello alara
4: hello Hi. denise <laughs> yes um recently in the past two certainly good two weeks my two year old labrador lutra uh that you you you've heard about uh, before uh she's waking us up uh, every two hours during the night which is um something that's uh, that's new. Uh, she, she's never been a good sleeper, but uh, we've been over that period. And But now I'm trying to understand what's behind that attitude.
1: For uh, her, it's the anxiety of everything yeah. going on when it's quiet, when it's those quiet moments. And okay. she picks up so like, it's like the radio is turned on full volume of all the other people who are sleep, sleepless, worrying about the state of the world what's going to happen? What's going to happen to my kids? Are my kids going to have enough? Is this truly going to happen? What, like the uncertainty. So she hears it like a radio on full volume. So what could help for Lotra is of course, you know, consoling and comforting her. But even if you have like a, um, you know, they, they call them the thunder wrap, like those anxiety wraps or something to just help, just like a baby, we would swaddle she needs that extra swaddling and then put on some white noise if you can, whether it's Reiki music in the background, but she's being woken up quite literally by the thoughts and the anxious feelings of other sleepless people. Remind her also, she does not need to take that on, that the humans will figure this out. Thank you, but we've got your back, little one. And then just from you know traditional training standpoint, tire her out, play an extra game of fetch an extra game with like mental stimulation, having a puzzle toy at night. Like we wanna do that a little bit before sleep just to help really tire her out. But she's picking up on all those sleepless moments, which they're so sweet, they're so sensitive. I just, we are so blessed to have pets walking alongside us in this time.
4: Oh, it makes sense because uh, she's such a high energy and, and it helps me to know that it's her hypersensitivity in that sense. That's not just the physical uh, aspect. Oh, thank you very much. That, that helps me uh, support her in
1: that. And thank you for sharing that because I, you know, I think if I've had a lot of pet parents say, my pet's extra anxious or my pet's acting differently. And I'm sure there are pet parents here who maybe their pets have been a little bit more sleepless or even humans. I know I was sleepless a couple, like it was my schedule was off and I woke mm. up in like terror, you know, just like feeling the terror. And I'm like, this isn't mine. Mm. Um, so that that's such a beautiful reminder for all of us. You know, we all can apply those principles to ourselves and our pets. So
0: thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, Isabel. Um, And then Chris has a question in the chat. Uh, Chris says, my dog Sam crossed over 45 years ago. He was my rock and I miss him dearly. Is he still with me and guiding me?
1: Mm, Oh, my goodness. I love that. So um, Sam is such a powerful name um it's the energy of six right but it's made up of 11 the sna is the one and one and then m is the four um so it's that 11 and four side by side 11 is the energetic connection connected in the energy connected telepathically when i see 11 in pets it often means this wasn't your first rodeo together you've been together in past lives and four is the heart is the foundation of the heart. So Sam is absolutely with you. And it's really interesting because he shows me himself showing up or popping into your awareness or maybe you've actually seen this as a cockatiel one of those white birds with like the yellow kind of things on the top um so he pops in every so often and and given that he's giving me the cockatiel energy i would say one look up the animal symbolism of that two um if you have any reference to the cockatiel you know kind of parlay that into the messages. And three, it sounds like clear audience or he's very vocal. Um, So listen for messages from him, listen for messages for him in songs or just kind of words coming into your mind. And one of the big ways that we know our uh, our animal companions are communicating with us and it's not our imagination is if you've ever had a message or a thought come into your head and it's not one it might be kind of random or it might be very pertinent, but it just stays there and it stays there. And you're like, dude, this is an annoying thought. Why is it staying in there? That is a communication. Whereas if you have a fleeting thought and it's gone the very next second, that's probably just your imagination or impression that came through. But if it sticks, we know that's that's communication from the energy, the other side, our animals, Um, So kind of play with that. It sounds like Sam's here helping you open to your communication a bit more deeply, but he's absolutely with you.
0: Awesome. Thank you. So let us know how that resonates with you, Chris. Um, Jeanette, do you have a question for
2: Denise? Hi there. Hi. there. Yeah. um, I have a dog named
5: Bixby and um, he's been diagnosed with lupus, which I thought was really interesting, them labeling your pet with an autoimmune condition. Um, We've done a lot of experiment with antibiotics and steroids and that sort of thing and not making much progress. So I'm just curious if you have thoughts on how we can support his health.
1: Oh, Bixby, what a sweet energy. And thank you for being a pet parent um, who, you know, is in with this journey, right? Because when our pets have, you know, a physical ailment, all of a sudden we're in it, we're doctors, we're nurses, we're, we dive deep, right? We know all about that. So the first thing I'll preface is I'm not a, you know, a, a medical intuitive. I don't have medical training. So definitely trust your instinct and work with the vets. But the thing that came through most strongly with lupus for me was the impression of inflammation how inflammation kind of triggers a lot of that. So for Bixby, what I would say is, you know, do whatever traditional course, you know, you're, you're doing for his body, but then add in, if you haven't the element of coolness. And so that's going to be using a lot of blues and purples around his energy. So if you have blue crystals, um, amethyst crystals, put those up around the house. If he has a little dog bed, let's put like a, a cool color, like a blue or a purple little kind of blanket on there. And then even doing cold compress around mm-hmm. his, it's interesting, he's showing me like here, like, um, how'd you say, like, it's it's like not the armpit of the dog, but not the chest. It's like off to the side where it meets, you know, the chest meets the the paw or the leg. And then here and here, cold compress. Um, okay don't know, I, there might be lymph nodes there or something, but there's, that's what he's kind of bringing me to, but also you trusting your breath, right? Doing breath work with him where you're breathing in hot air, but breathing out cool air, anything Mm -hmm. that kind of brings that sense of cool to help with the inflammation is going to be powerful. And then whenever I'm looking at, at issues, it's interesting because lupus tends to, you know, I, I would tend to associate more with the first chakra, but what he's bringing me into is that third chakra. Um, so for you, any themes that associate with the third chakra, where are we, you know, where are we searching for empowerment? Where are we maybe not putting out creative projects that we want to, because we're scared of how they'll be received, um, you know, those kind uh acting the fire and the passion um, with coolness to find the balance. Finding that balance is gonna be really important and bringing in the cool energy for our sweet, vic speed um, is what he's showing.
5: Love it. That's a, that's a great take. Um, Yes. I get that you're not medical. So I appreciate just these kind of additives to help him.
1: Yeah. And I think that's so cool, right? Because we, you know, we, most of us treat ourselves, you know, body, mind, spirit, right? Body, mind, energy. And so you've got the body part handled with, you know, the professionals. And so let's talk about the energy and the spiritual. Um, So he brought in those, those added layers and, oh my goodness, thank you for being such a wonderful pet parent to him and caring for him and helping him through this. One thing I will also just add into the mix is, you know, as pet parents, when our animal companions aren't well, we tend to now hover, right? And we're like, oh gosh, how are they feeling today? Are they doing okay? Are they all, right?" And it, it goes moment to moment. We're like, oh my God, how about now? Oh, you seem tired. You seem like you're sleeping a little more. Remember that our animal companions, they don't have the same expectations or management that we have with their bodies. So if they wake up and they're feeling fine, great. If they aren't feeling great, they're going to sleep, but they don't have that expectation or anticipation of like, oh God, is the pain going to come back? Or my energy level is going to disappear. So we don't have to hold that um, concern for them. They take it moment by moment. And what I've found and in, in animals have shared with me is if any time, and this isn't the case with Bixby, this is kind of more general, but if any time pain gets too intense, they're able to step out of their bodies and then step right back in. They don't have the same attachment to their physical that we do as humans, where we're like, oh God, my skin looks different or this or that, or, you know, so they have a different relationship with their physical embodiment that they're able to use to manage throughout disease as well.
5: Great, good info. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for sharing and big hugs to Big (laughs) Speed.
0: Thank you, Jeanette. Um, Thank you. There's a question from Angela in the chat. She says, My dog Nala is so hyperactive and untrainable. (laughs) What is the story here? Oh, my goodness. Sweet Nala. So. There's
1: a few things. One, her name starts with a, um, okay, sorry. Okay, so her name starts with a five. Five is the energy of the freedom loving adventurer. So she wants to run around, she wants to explore everything. She wants to smell everything. She's really curious, right? So her hyperactivity stems not from this like, oh my God, there's a factory setting that is wrong. It stems from this passion and curiosity for a sense of adventure and life and all the new facets. She just loves this world so deeply that she just wants to experience all of it. The other thing is her overall name vibrates out of 10 over one, and that's the independent individual energy. So she is a self-starter, she's intrepid, she's an explorer, she's an adventurer. She always wants to be the first one to try something. So between the adventure energy and that kind of confidence that that one energy gives, she just wants to put herself out there. She wants to experience it all. And I would say, odds are you probably have, either you have an aspect of that as well, or you need to bring a little bit more of that into your life. So with that kind of hyperactive energy, let's leverage that and all these insights in our training. Let's give her kind of new commands that we can teach her um, so that there's always something new that we're working on together. When you are working and teaching her a new behavior, Um, don't use the same treats, get a bag of various treats and it becomes almost like a trail mix so that the treat is different every time. So what we want to do with sweet Nala is funnel this energy into productive ways, but also leverage those instincts so that when we're training with her, living with her, collaborating with her, um, we're honoring it. So if you tend to go on walks and always go down the same direction, flip it on its head, we want a different route every time adventures. Where can you guys go to new places together? Whether it's a Home Depot or a Bye Bye Baby, you know, or a park with kids versus a big hike up a mountain. It's all about variety for that sweet one.
0: Awesome. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know what species Nala is. I, I don't know if you mentioned it, but um, <laughs> Tibetan Spaniels, Tibbies, are not trainable. <laughs> They're also very stubborn. But, uh, Yeah, he's pretty good, but you know, he'd stop burn. He has his own personality, and he, you know, doesn't want to listen when he doesn't want to listen. It's so, it's so funny. I
1: I love that. Right. I mean, I can relate on Aries Uh, my whole life. I've been told you are so stubborn and it's not that I'm stubborn. I know what I want. right? Mm -hmm. That's that's like a slight different way. And I know what's right for me in the moment. Um, And so when we we're working with our animal companions, it's all going to be about mindset shifts, right? We're going to walk away from words like naughty or stubborn or misbehaving or hyperactive. We're going to take the positive spin on it. My pet knows exactly what he needs in each moment. So man alive, that's helpful for me because I can just kind of follow his lead or, you know what, let me learn how to make this into more of an exciting kind of proposition for him. And when we learn these techniques to kind of bring people along for the ride, now we can be more impactful and we can be more of Uh, more um, significant leaders in our lives, you know, because I'm sure we also meet a lot of people, a lot of humans in our lives who are, you know, set in their ways or they have an idea of what they want to do. And I'll tell you, if advertising taught me anything, it was how to take a client who wants to buy campaign A and have them think that campaign B by the end is the better choice. And the way to do it is never to shove campaign B down their throat is to say, we love campaign A, campaign Campaign A is like this. We walk the path of campaign A and then we take them around to campaign B and then we end up there. So remember that when we're working with pets who are untrainable or stubborn, we need to leverage their motivation and understand where they're coming from so that we can find that collaboration together You know, with a walk where we find that middle ground. <laughs>
0: I, I I just love, you know, what you said about instead of stubborn, he knows what he wants. Right. So it's like, yeah, that is so much nicer because I have other stubborn people in my life. It's like, OK, they know exactly what they want. <laughs> like sure. my husband is stubborn. I call him stubborn. My daughter is stubborn. Right. But it's like, nope, they know what they know what they want. That's a much God. nicer way of saying it.
1: And so all the training you do and all that kind of, you know, finding that common ground sounds like it'll translate to broader relationships in your life. And that's where our pets as dress rehearsals are so powerful in that way.
0: Yeah. Um, so Destiny has a question about spirit animals um, to call on. So that's a great question. Destiny, you wanna unmute yourself?
6: Yeah. Um, I have plenty of spirit animals. But um, I, th- I heard you mention the lion, because right now, I really am going through the some heavy stuff that I need um, strongest, the wisest, the uh, best uh, animal for me to call upon during my times of need, which are specifically mostly at night. <clears throat>
1: I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, lion is, I love that you felt that resonance, even as we mentioned lion, because Mm -hmm. lion is that, that true embodiment of courage, but also pragmatism, right? It's, it's courage without being aggressive. It's, Stability and masculinity and leadership without being overcompensating or us versus him, right? There's also with lion, there's this really beautiful acknowledgement of the circle of life, right? In order for lion to survive, you know, other animals need to be part of the ecosystem Um, and it's part of the give and take, the ebb and flow. What also comes through strongly for you, because it's interesting, there's multiple, as you mentioned, there's multiple animals kind of surrounding you. We have lion, and then we have the gentle protective energy of elephant and female, old female elephant in particular. That's the old soul compassionate. That's the, we're gonna kind of, um, how'd you say, uh, circle around you and hold you within that middle so that you feel the grandmother energy. You feel that energy of the divine feminine that supports and holds space and creates that container for us to feel safe and refreshed without having to watch (laughs) our back like lion needs to.
6: That makes me happy because I did call her on. I called on elephant today and I called on butterfly to get my legs because my legs have been kind of heavy and I'm having issues with my legs and feet and stuff. So I called on also the butterfly and I don't know why. But I I did call on the elephant.
1: Well, butterfly is is wonderful. And eagle came through as well, by the way. So the winged beings between butterfly and eagle are going to be really helpful as well. Because if your legs are feeling heavy, the winged beings will get you off your feet, take the pressure off your feet and help you kind of soar and flutter. In more peaceful (laughs) gentle ways so you know the same way that butterfly kind of um walks through this world fluttering and kind of lightly landing and resting her wings but then taking flight again call on butterfly to help relieve the press the the stress and pressure from your legs what's going on also um what they're saying is there's a lot of um like not stuck energy but there's just some stickiness in the first chakra and that's where the um, pressure of the circulation is is kind of creating that pressure on the legs again I'm not a medical intuitive I'm just sharing what they're they're saying. so bring also in energy of dolphin right anything that can swim and move and have that flow or even manatee or mermaid right anything that has that flow to kind of relieve that that pressure and create some movement at that first chakra is going to be really helpful. And if you're able to, if you feel comfortable doing it, literally walking around and gliding on your floor, gliding on your floor so that you can just move your body in more um, sinewy female kind of ways, it'll help get that flow. It's just like a ketchup bottle. We just need to give it a little tap. Um, And that's what they're showing.
6: Thank you. That was beautiful, Denise. And it actually felt good for me to ask something that's lighthearted rather than the same old crap (laughs) that I usually ask. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. like I feel better.
1: Good. So great. And as you do it, you release all that stuff. Let your mind, you know, go to lighter places. Focus on those animals that you're calling in, and that gives our mind something to do, right? Because a lot of what happens is we get locked in our mind. And our mindset, our stories, our animal companions, even if we just imagine ourselves looking into their eyes, now we're transported. Now our mind is focused on where do we go with them? What realms do we visit with them? What adventures? What are they saying to us? Now our minds are less about our story and our past and the repetition. It's about what if, you know, who can I connect with? What are the messages? I'm a huge fan of giving our minds something to do in order to open up our intuition. That's why for me, numerology, I love numerology because it gives my pragmatic masculine mind something to add up while my female energy and intuition is just kind of drops in the information.
6: Oh, that's good information.
1: Awesome. Thank 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 you. Thank you. you Thank you.
0: and so we were speaking about dolphin and there's a, there's a question from Joy in the chat she says i'm curious if our <laughs> I don't know if this is right joy but i'm curious if our delicious cavalier pet cashew is connected to my spirit dolphin guide and also if possible to have a message from my dolphin
1: yes i love it okay So um, (laughs) cashew is connected to dolphin in that both of them are connected to the Palladians. So for you, um, cashew and the dolphins are going to be animal embodiments of the Palladian aspects that support and guide you along the way. Um, And this is interesting because I've never heard it kind of described that way that they're like embodiments of those aspects. Um, The messages that they're bringing through is the gentleness, the um, helping others around you navigate through the, you know, the denseness of the energy right now, the same way that in a pod, there's always a dolphin that leads, I guess, so they say, Um, you are leading the pod. So lead your pod confidently with love, kind of that up and down, up and down, up and down, rather than trying to stay in that forever jump right because as we look at dolphins they're talking about how dolphins you know when we see them kind of jump out of the water it's impossible for them to freeze up there right in that higher kind of arc of the circle they have to land back down and in order to to come back up they have to go deep to propel themselves to go back up as high as they were so for the platings and the dolphin and cashew this is that reminder that it's going to be impossible to keep your pack in your pod at that high level, you guys are gonna have to go down and up, down and up, and the down isn't scary for you. Um, So it's kind of modeling that for the others who are swimming alongside you, that the downs are just a dip so that we can go back higher. The downs are just a dip. It's not, it's um, the reminder and validation that you don't see the dips as dark or heavy. It's just part of the cycle.
0: Awesome, thank you. So Joy, let us know how that resonates with you, okay? Um, And we're gonna go to Lori.
2: Lori, you had a question for Denise? Oh, what's going on, Lori? (laughs) You froze up. That happens to me all the time. I hit a little dead zone.
0: wave you're frozen i think there, there you are i think you're back
3: okay so this is my guy right here my veto oh so cute and he's very old um and he tries to talk to me every single day he Aww. really does he <laughs> does. he uses um as much vocal without barking as he can mm-hmm. um and he does get his point across quite often, but I just, before he passes, he's, he's way past the age of an American bull. Um, and I'm not going to do very well when I, when, when he does pass, but if there's anything that you get, I'm going to put his face on again, that he might want me to know. I would, I would really appreciate it. What's
1: his name, you said it's Vito. Yeah, he's Vito. Vito. Oh, boy, handsome me? guy. Well, I love that we get to see him. He is so cute. He's so powerful. And he's so proud. Oh my goodness. He, he is proud. I love that. So the thing that Vito was sharing, and this is so oh. fascinating, you might or might not have this as a point of reference, but what he's bringing me is that notion of a white lighter. I don't know if you've ever seen the show charmed again from the 90s, <laughs> um, the three sisters who are kind of light workers. they have white lighters and white lighters are part guardian angel part like, um, partners in in the work that they're doing. And so Vito is saying he's your white lighter. And so part of this is when he does cross on the other side, two things are gonna happen. One, he wants to acknowledge you guys are soulmates. And this is like unequivocal. And I know it's not romantic in the traditional way, but you guys are soulmates. So when he crosses over, he gets to be your white lighter, which means he's going to be illuminating where your help is needed. He's going to be directing you and he's going to be watching over you to help get you out of any situations or do any healing energetic healing that you need on yourself coming out of whatever duty you know call was was required so he is your white lighter if you're able to watch on youtube like charmed or whatever go on it it would be the equivalent of your Peru. he's leo um, okay this love story this um soul um soul partnership and then the role that they play where one can physically affect things on this earth and the others more energetic. Okay. Um so yeah, he's saying you understand clearly the messages get through. So that's you know, that's for him a non-event. He's like, Of course we understand each other, we're we're soulmates. Um so for you when he does cross over, you're gonna have more of the impetus or inkling of like oh gosh, I got to go help that animal. Or you know what? I feel like I have to go work with this. Or, oh my gosh, someone's on my heart and mind. Let me call that person and make sure they're okay. More of that's going to come through and that's him working with you side by side. So even when he's disembodied, he's never like, you guys are like this.
3: Okay, thank you so very much.
1: Of course. Mm. Oh my gosh, thank you for sharing him with us. Say bye,
3: say bye. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Lori. Thank you guys. All right, we're going to go to uh, Pamela. Pamela, you want to unmute yourself? Because I know you wrote in the chat, but you're here. So go ahead. Yes.
5: <laughs> yes, I figured out how to raise my hand. <laughs> um, yes, we have three-year-old Eloise. Uh, you met Lancelot here the, on the desk, but um, she, she continually um, is seemed to be very food occupied, and, and we had adopted her uh, when she was about a year old. And uh, but she gets up on the dinner table and just persists. And I'll stand up to you know we'll tell her no, and I'll stand up, and she'll jump down. And after three tries, it's like I end up having to take her into the bedroom and lock her in there. And it's just like a nightly thing, you know, trying to eat in peace. <laughs> Yeah. And she's, she's a very busy little girl, always curious and stuff. And it's like, she just, she wants to be where we are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So basically, quite mm-hmm. literally, Eloise wants a seat at the table, right? And so that's going to be the proverbial table. Yeah, um, it seems so. She wants to be invited. She wants to be enlisted to give advice, to be part of the conversation. Um, She feels like she has a lot to offer, but that she's treated like um, a kid, but she wants to be an adult, a partner. She brings more to the table. She's precocious is really what comes through, just like the little, you know, character Eloise in that book, um, you know, that child's book. Um, So for her, talking to her, inviting her, having her actually seat, uh, sit appropriately on the chair and give her a food bowl on the chair because the other thing is there's something really beautiful about wanting to break bread with you, right? It's that, that time where we all get to sit down and have a conversation and talk about our days over the dinner table. She's talking about that kind of um, that ideal at that ideal enter, uh, vision of um, what's that author or that artist. From, you know the '50s. It's like the ideal family. She really wants to bring some of that energy because what she says is it's going to create routine and touch points for you also to feel like you have that conversation. It's something you can come to and you guys can discuss. At the beginning, it's going to be just your day, but eventually it gets into bigger stuff as you guys build trust together. She wants to she wants to sit at the table. She wants to be a consigliere for you. She wants to be enlisted. Um, she has a lot to say and a lot to share. And that's part of why she came to you was to become an advice giver. And so you're her kind of practice patient on this. She's learning. You're her internship.
5: Okay, interesting. Yes, it did seem like she always wants a seat at the table, but I guess we don't have the the chair such where she can just sit there and she always climbs up on the table, but
1: that's interesting. Something up for her that would be comparable, or maybe we sit on the floor with her one day while we're eating or on the coffee table, but she wants both physically a seat at the table, but also the proverbial seat at the table, which is so beautiful.
0: Okay, thank you. (laughs) So interesting, what a pack. Awesome. Thank you, Pamela. Yeah, that that is um, a difference. And and they know what they want, right? They know what they want for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Pamela. All right. We're gonna we have lots more questions in the chat, but I just want to take a moment and talk about the was there was there anything else that we needed to talk about, Denise? Because I know there's like you know so much that we've already covered uh on the call. This is all part of
1: it. Right. And I love how taking the questions really kind of drives the points home about how our companions, you know, support us in this time of transition and help us open up more intuitively and on so many other levels.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's been a wonderful conversation. So much wisdom coming through and just, you know, information about our pets and how really they're more, they're more than just a cute little baby Neo, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's just so much more to them than, than what we sometimes think and how they are, you know, contributing to us, communicating with us, collaborating with us. And, you know, and it's about how they are helping us on our journey and on our path. Right. And I think the same way that
1: so many of us feel this desire to know what's my purpose here. I need a sense of purpose. What's my purpose and what's my spiritual job here? Our animal companions have that as well. They also crave a sense of purpose. Um, So when we allow them to play these roles in our lives, when we listen to their messages, we're helping them feel like they're stepping into their purpose. And I think that's the most beautiful thing we can do for our animal companions that they help us do as well. It's such a gift and it gives both ways.
0: Yeah, they are definitely family, Lori, for sure. Um, so I just want to take a few moments and talk about the packages that we have to share with everyone today. And then we'll come back and we can probably take a few more questions because um, I think we'll have time. So let me just share my screen one sec. Great.
2: Okay. okay, perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you should be able to see my screen now. Perfect. So Denise has three packages. And so I'm going to let you run with it, Denise. So package A, this is where Lion really came
1: in and inspired us to have these conversations. Um, and so it's, it's funny, right? Because lion, usually we associate with lion's gate with the month of August with the sun, but he came back this year to really help us get through the end of this year and all these transitional periods with you know, the conflict that's kind of erupting and how we perceive it. Um, and also as we go into the new year. So this package A is gonna be, it was compiled really to help us open up to our intuition with our pets and our animals in the wild. So if we go down the first, um, the first item is a PDF and it's developing a lexicon with the universe through animal symbolism so this is going to be about 25 pages and the first you know four pages or so are going to talk about how to you know explore animal symbolism what animal symbolism is even the fact that you know it's not only about just animals in the wild and what they're associated with it with but also you know different animals are associated with different seasons different time frames different moments in our lives so kind of it's giving a little bit of a setup. And then we have about 20 different animal companions or animals in the wild where we have messages from them. And it's, you know, wasp, it's butterfly, it's bear, it's mama bird, it's flamingo, it's chameleon. Um, We have about 20 of those where I start sharing some of my associations with them. But on each page is a worksheet to help you kind of identify what your associations are with it. So this PDF is really um, designed to talk about, you know, animal symbolism, how we can leverage it in our lives, but then empower you to have your own associations and start taking note of them because that's how we open up to our intuition. Um, You know, my association with a horse might be very different than Alara's. Um, So that's the PDF. The second item is another PDF that talks about journeying with pets, and it just gives us some kind of ground rules or some rules of thumb or rules of paw to help us make the most of each journey with our pets. And then there's a deep dive on some of the symbolism of lion, because lion's going to be accompanying us on a few different journeys, which gets us to item three which is connecting with your power animal. It's a guided meditation where lion takes you into this beautiful cave and you're able to connect and get a sense of what animal wants to connect with you and support you in that moment. So it's about 15 minutes, you know, tip to tail with uh, an opening. Um, There's music to kind of kind of get us really in that vibe. And the beauty of all these MP3s is you can download them to your phone or your computer and then you can listen to them multiple times because the first time I connect with Lion, um, I might get. At one power animal showing up to support me. And then a week later, I might do the same meditation, and get another animal. So we're able to kind of revisit these meditations pretty often. The um, item number four is connect with Cosmic Lion and the 12 Pillars of Light. And this is a journey that will be going on with Lion where we meet him on this cosmic beach. And then he takes us into kind of the star realm. And we have all these pillars of light and these activations. And my understanding of it is that it it serves as a parallel with our DNA strands. So it's kind of this cosmic upgrade, um, tapping into our multidimensional aspects with Lion supporting us. And then the third, or the fifth item, which is the third uh, guided meditation, is visiting the Akashic realm with lion. And this is where we go to the Akashic library, where lion is sort of like the the librarian or the keeper of that that, um, library. And we walk in and we're invited to rewrite our story. Whereas in the past, with Akashic wisdom, a lot of times it's like, sure, you can pick up a book and read it. What Lion encourages us to to do here is actually change and rewrite any aspects of the story that we want. So there's this element that not only are you invited and you're allowed in on the library, you're part of the authorship of your story. So these are three different ways that Lion supports us um, in, in these guided meditations. And then the bonus item is the invitation to join our private membership group for live Oracle card readings. And this is where um, the first Tuesday of the full week of each month we get together and we pull live Oracle car- cards um, for the group, but then also we do many readings for each of you. So this is, um, yeah, that's Package A. And then going down, package B is everything in package A, plus a 30-minute intuitive reading with me one-on-one. You can do it with an existing pet or if your pet has transitioned, or even if you don't have any pets, you're still able to do this intuitive reading session with me. You'll get a numerological assessment of your name and your pet's name, um, and you get a recording at the end so that you can kind of re-listen to it uh, anytime you'd like. And then package C is everything in package A plus the the private reading. And then for those pet parents who are like, you know what, I need to get back to training basics. This is a really comprehensive, I call it the full course bundle of a mindful dog training online course. So this is on demand. You'll be able to kind of self study and, and download it as you go. And this has everything you need to either set a young puppy up for success or to use to kind of reestablish communication and collaboration with a more mature pet or a pet that's been with you for a long time. We talk about uh, the principles of positive reinforcement training. We talk about separation anxiety, benevolent leadership. Um, We talk about housebreaking, managing unwanted behaviors like barking, jumping, nipping. And through this package, you'll learn all the basic obedience commands, the look, touch, sit, down, stay, leave it, drop it, and come. Um, And then what's really cool is there's the extra layer of as you're working on each of these topics or commands, you get a mindful perspective about what they're translating in your life more broadly. What are they drawing attention to in your life? What themes? And there's um, different mindful activities to do, whether it's a guided meditation or some suggested things to do energetically around your home. You get all of that as part of
2: bundle so that is package c awesome
0: and of course with all of these packages there is a payment plan available and if you're an inner circle member please do use your gift code as well um so again package a b and c so the c has everything right Uh, And package B includes the 30-minute intuitive reading session with Denise, which is very, very powerful, very informative, very full. So please do take a look at these packages and see which one resonates with you. And it's not just about um, information for pets. It could be something for yourself in, in case you would like an intuitive reading for you.
1: Okay, And that's actually worth mentioning, you know, different animal communicators get different sorts of information. As you guys can tell here, you know, um, some animal communicators get a lot about, you know, I like this toy. Others get a lot of medical information. What comes through for me more strongly is what's going on in the human's life through the lens of the pets. So you might book this thinking, um, you know, oh, let me ask what my dog's favorite toy is. And they're like, yeah, cute. Not, not a chance. We're diving deep into, you know, what your purpose is here or, you know, what, what you need to be doing more of yeah. um, so it's it that that's a, a really good point to add as well to manage expectations
0: awesome so there's a few there are quite a few questions still in the chat so we we have time to take uh one or two more right are you okay with to take a couple more yeah yeah okay so um hold on um so there's one from sunita she put it in the chat it's a long one, but her says she says her daughter's dog Yara is three years old, or I guess, mm-hmm. uh, and she wants to know what their connection is. Uh, when Yara was a kitten, she she thought uh, I'm I'm confused now, think because it's like I don't know who's who in this question. Um, just talking about cats, you're talking about dogs, you're talking about two different names. I, I don't know. So, Sunita, if you want to unmute, you can go ahead and unmute and ask a question, because I have no idea what this says. Okay? If-
7: uh, I have a dog from three years old, Yara, and a, kitten, a, a cat, uh, Kaya, one year old. And when the kitten was uh, young, uh, she thought that the dog was her mother. uh, So she go to her breast and uh, get the milk (laughs) from her. And uh, when uh, the kitten was uh, growing, she's jumping eh, like the cat. And uh, uh, Yara want to correct her by the leg to get her down. (laughs) So now they are sisters. But I feel me guilty because the dog is always by me, like now. and uh, the cat is, uh, uh, is not uh, around me, only in the night, but then I want to sleep <laughs> and she jumped by me and only when I go to the toilet, then she wants to touch and everything. So what can I, what does the cat uh, need from me?
1: Yeah. And so that's really beautiful, right? You, you this this lovely dynamic. Um, between you know, dogs and cats getting along, one thinking it's the mother, even though of course they're different breeds or different species. Um, so there's something really beautiful in a parallel there about a sibling taking on the motherly role and taking on the responsibilities of a mother and being concerned for the sibling, right? The same way that the dog was kind of nipping at the cat when she was trying to jump too much. This is definitely um, some sort of a reflection of maybe you took care of a sibling in a motherly way or there's some sort of that dynamic that is being echoed and mirrored back for you to observe now in a more neutral position to see what that's like. Um, And then when it comes with the dog and the cat and the, you know, daytime cuddles and playing with the dog, and then the playfulness of the kitten at night, the kittens representing the divine feminine energy the intuition. Um, She's very tied to Egyptian energy as well. So the Egyptian priestess, the the kitten at night is inviting you to tap into your intuition, into the magic, go into the journeys of the lifetimes that you had as an Egyptian priestess. And what are those downloads? Literally imagine yourself as you're going to bed with her joining you and leading you down a temple, an Egyptian temple, dressed in that Egyptian garb, and walking down and see what comes through. Her at night, of course, cats are nocturnal, but it's even more the nudge for you of saying, we're open up to this lifetime. There's wisdom and intuition that we wanna tap into now. Um, so that's what she's saying.
0: Okay, thank you. Wow, thank you. Thank you, thank you. that was so interesting. And especially yes. you know, the, the, the relationship between the mother you know, and the child, right? And your relationship with your mother and the issue. Yes, so yes, definitely yes. something to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Denise. And thank you, Sunita. Because, you know, Denise, you. you weren't here yesterday. So you, or the day before, whenever it was, that Sunita was asking questions about her mother, etc. So, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah really cool. Um, I
1: the, in- the insight. So tap in with the pets. The, the information is there. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I don't know where I was at now, but I think, uh, oh, oops, I missed some stuff. Hold on. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> All right. Paige had a question. Um, she said, we just discovered that my dog Zeus has congenital heart failure. He's currently retaining a lot of fluid due to his condition. What can I do to help him? So again, Denise is not a medical intuitive, so she's not going to give you medical advice, just whatever she picks up.
1: Yeah. Beautiful, so I'm just listening in to sweet Zeus. Um, And it's interesting because the energy that's surrounding Zeus is the energy of frog. Um, so picturing, it, it feels like he has like a little spirit animal of his own or a little kind of animal guide of his own. That is the frog and the frog that is in a fountain near like a lily pad. And he's just helping him just as frog might kind of pick up the water. And like you see those fountains where like they have a frog and the is coming out of its mouth. It's like this frog is helping him kind of release some of the, the water from the water retention and pass through. So there's something really powerful of the amphibian nature of frog and its ability to kind of process water in a different way and how he's supporting zeus in this moment so part of the way that you can support zeus of course you know as alara says trust your doctors work with your doctors trust your instinct but honor frog bring in the energy of frog and ask frog to just do what he knows how to do best and help keep zeus happy and comfortable and well um, and just witness it. And then interestingly enough, they're even showing like, you might even already have this, like a little fountain of water or the burbling of a fish tank, or even just going on YouTube and playing the the, the noise of like water sounds. Water and the, the movement of water through like a fountain through frog, that's gonna help just kind of um, bring in an energy and a vibration that's soothing to Zeus as well. So it's interesting how water comes through not to remove it completely, but actually bring it in and invite it in, moving water is part of the, the process.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Let us know how that resonates with you, Paige. Um We're going to go to Sandy. He has a question. Um, she says, my beautiful cat, Sufi, transitioned last year, aged 23 years, young. We had an amazing bond and I felt her with me a lot until recently. Is she still with me? And if not, will she reincarnate into another physical body and be with me again?
1: Oh, dear Sufi, I'm sorry that, um, that we, you know, when our animals disembody, even if we know they're with us energetically, we miss them, right? We are, we're touchy-feely humans. We like to cuddle them. We like to be with them. Um, part of the reason why Sufi has felt more, uh, or less present for you is she is working as part of that grid that we started talking about of animal companions holding the space right now. So she's being kind of called away to really be part of this, to create that anchor, create that grounding, as so many of our animal companions are. Um, she'll be back, uh, It's not clear whether it's energetically or it's another animal. She's sort of like swiping that away from me. She's like, it doesn't matter. I'll always be back and present, but right now I've been called away to work on this. So what she's asking you to do to remain connected is just as we do if our loved one was on a business trip, you know, send her messages. Hey, little one thinking of you today, hope all is well. Thank you for doing the work you're doing. Just keep connecting with her in that way knowing that she's on like a business trip right now, she's, she's focusing on, on what's going on now. And once it kind of calms down and it feels it'll be more around like the 1212 12 portal, you'll feel her more, um, more palpably. And that's not to say that necessarily things are gonna calm down in that realm, but her role seems like by that 1212 12 point, she, she will have kind of like fulfilled a lot of her role and she comes back more present.
0: Wow, awesome, thank you. Let us know how that resonates with you um but it's like i'm always amazed by what comes through (laughs) with to you denise it's like where does she get this stuff right But i'm just so amazed by the information and wisdom that comes through you you're 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 just so talented and gifted um i want to just take you know a few moments about you know just really quickly just recapping some of what we talked about but at the same and at the same time what uh what wisdom do you have for us so that we can move with more ease with our pets and recognizing that they're, that they're more than just pets, they're more than just babies, that they, they are also beings on their own journey as well, but they're, all, they're contributing so much that we don't always recognize.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, one of my favorite things to do is always, you know, find a moment, whether it's your morning coffee or at night before you go to bed, or if you're in the shower, something that you do every day that is, you know, a couple minutes long, Um, find that time to reflect what messages, what have you taught me today? Um, And just kind of think back to, and even if it's like, man, you triggered me and I was frustrated today. Okay. Okay. Great, so you triggered frustration. Where else in my life am I feeling frustrated and I feel like I'm out of control, like I don't have control over changing the situation and just acknowledging that, right? That's gonna help us become more introspective, more intuitive, open up to bigger messages. And that's ultimately... Um, what leads us to being these multi-dimensional human beings where we are as comfortable and connected to our earthly, pragmatic, daily experiences as we are to the energy that connects us all, universal themes, universal energy, universal emotions, which gets us into that galactic citizenship. So it's not about having to add more to your list. It's really about that self-reflection. Um And even if it's frustration, or maybe it's just like, man, you make me so friggin' happy. I love you so much. You are so cute. Take that moment. Be like, you know what? Who do I make happy in that way? What have I done today? And it might be that, you know, you pass a stranger and you smiled and they smiled back and you could tell, you know, maybe they were having a bad day, like taking credit for those moments and things that you've put out into the world that, that bring more love. All these things are small, but really significant in the energy and ways that our animal companions wanna show us, you are powerful, you're successful, you are needed in this world because of this role you play. That's, that's truly, if they had one wish in this world is that we would see ourselves through their eyes.
0: Mm. Beautiful, I love that, so beautiful. I mean, and I I just said, I I find, you know, you're, you're so talented and so gifted and your relationship with the, the pets and their wisdom is amazing. Um, So I highly recommend you all to work with Denise, check out the packages, get a reading, whether you have a pet now or not, whether they've crossed or not, or whether you, you want to find out about some animal guides that you have. You can ask about that as well or anything, actually, you know, like <laughs> so much information comes through. It's amazing. So please do take a look at the packages, work with Denise. And um, again, it is it is about honoring our relationship with our pets and recognizing that they are partners with us on our journey. And they are also having their own journey as well. And yeah, I just I'm so grateful that I I, I get um. To play with neo and 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 have him in my life and cuddle with him sometimes forced cuddles but it's still you know i know <laughs> i like to cuddle love with him. him he doesn't like to cuddle but i like it and he you know lets me cuddle him for oh, a minute <laughs> we all know
1: parents we would hug them all you know all day if we could i'd love that
0: <laughs> exactly yeah and and what's amazing is that when we came last week my god he he loved my parents right away he was like Totally at ease with them and had like so excited to see them. And I mean, it was like obviously he heard their voices when I used to talk with them on WhatsApp, but still, it was so nice that he felt comfortable with them right away. So it was, um, it was a good sign. <laughs> it was a good sign, yeah. So, yeah, it's all good. Um, so thank you everybody for your questions. I know we didn't get to everyone, I, I apologize, but there are so many questions. You know, when you all come on, you all, you all have so many questions for Denise, which is wonderful. Um, so, we always have to bring Denise back on again so that she can answer more of your questions. But of course, until then, please do work with her so that you can get your answers. Um, you can get your questions answered sooner, right? Uh, so, thank you so much, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern. So, I hope you will join us tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern. Okay. So, thank you so much, Denise. Thanks. Like always, I love it. I, I just love our conversations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. And uh, again, everyone, much love and blessings. Until next time, may you continue to be blessed with an abundance of joy, peace, love, happiness, prosperity, and radiant health. Please go hug your pets. (laughs) Sending them all love and blessings too. All
2: right, bye for now.